If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. There's also Matthew. And you are you and you're with us, so that's a good thing. Thanks for joining us. We do appreciate it. Glad to have you on board. It is, uh, is is this what they call week zero, I do believe? Here we go. That Saturday that you just spent uh, was the last lonely evening that you'll ever spend. There it is. It was, uh, that's a terrible song, I know, but it was too easy to use. Uh, That's it. You're good. College football from this point forward. That's it. That's all. When you sit down on Saturday, including this Saturday, college football's on. It started. It's for real. The games count. That's what's going to happen. Here we go. I know. I'll say that loud Nebraska, all Nebraska, Illinois, a game I wouldn't care to watch if you paid me in a month, is the game. I cannot wait to watch this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's, it's, there's, every game is the game. Uh, Nebraska is favored by seven over Illinois. UConn at Fresno State, 27.5 for Fresno State. Hawaii, UCLA. Interested in watching uh, UCLA and Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Uh, UTEP and New Mexico State, that's a nine-point game. I've got opinions on all those games, Tom. I've gone ahead and done my evaluation on these games, and I'm ready to roll. Have you locked in? Based upon those evaluations of every single game for this Saturday. Underrated team uh, in the Pac-12 is UCLA this year. Should be a fun team to watch. That sounds like a yes. Yeah. Kind of have, like I, I'm, yeah. You've got a busy Saturday ahead of you. I'm ready to roll. I am ready to roll. Don't forget to uh, like and subscribe to Warchant TV as you're watching this. Where is everybody? Where the hell is everybody? Let's wake up. Let's go. People are slow to the jump today. I don't know. Uh, they're getting out to the grocery stores and stocking up. They're right. going to their. their I uh, see everybody like I normally do. Have we, have we announced to everybody to everybody we're here that we're live and ready to roll? Come on, guys! There was a scrimmage. Well, it's almost like storm preparation. So I think people are going to the wholesale stores and getting everything they need mm. in order to be properly lubricated for, for every for weekend. This Saturday, henceforth, I don't know stocking about that. up for the year. Uh. <laughs> I I can't read that, John. I appreciate your uh, your tweet to me. I, I I get a lot of that, no matter the forum I'm in. 
that's a wonderful compliment, but I'm not going to. Uh, it's just people want a little bit more of me, Tom, a little bit more of me these days, and, and that's good. There's a lot hey, of me to go around. Take I'm a happy number. to be here. Take a number. Listen, guys, <laughs> I, get, I get the fast pass. Oh, my I get God. plenty of you. This is funny. Um, I'm going to tell you something right now that um, the scrimmage, uh, I, I guess for me, is that reality, right? That, that moment that, okay, now we're on to game preparation. Now, you want to glean something from that scrimmage. Media was not allowed to view it in Doe Campbell Stadium. We did obviously get the follow-up with the coaches and what they had to say. Notes were made, obviously. Uh, and and, and it's, it's, I think there are some things you can glean from what each coach had to say. Uh, it would be nice to, to have been able to watch it Obviously, but there are some repetitive things here that get me excited. Some things that let me realize that, okay, there is real progress being made by certain individuals that will make this team better. That that is happening. There have been you know there's been consistency there, uh, and one of the things that continues to stand out to me um, is surprisingly, Tom, I think we're going to win some hidden yards this year in the in terms of winning the field position battle because of our punter. How about that lead on a Monday? Not where you would normally Whoa, lead. Alex has been good at every practice I've been at. Saint, you think the same, I think. Mm-hmm, yeah. I had a chance to talk to that young man in the spring, and I came away very impressed, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, he has been rock solid and consistent. And the reason I bring it up is we believe that Florida State's going to be in a lot of close games. In a lot of these kind of 50-50 games, if you're going to get to six, maybe seven wins, you got to win those games. And the way you win those games is the hidden yardage and doing all the little things right and being able to flip the field. And that's something that I'm excited about. Apparently he was good again in the scrimmage under the lights. And his name came up. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the continued references to Kevin Knowles and Shaheen Brown. You know, you don't necessarily expect two really young guys to come in and help change what you can expect from your secondary, but I do think those two guys are going to play a significant role. I, I, I think they almost have to. They've played so well this this camp, and Shaheen Brown, every time you hear his name called, he has an interception, but more importantly for me, body type. He's a thick kid. He's already up well over 200 pounds, 207 I think he is up to now. You know, that's a little light early in your career if you're going to move him around and let him play against the run, but also in coverage. But he's a guy that some, some of these one linebacker sets, two linebacker sets, he can play there as well as play safety. Uh, I think he's going to make an impact. Uh, I like that um, you and I have both seen with our own eyes, plus it was mentioned after the scrimmage, that DJ Williams has kind of changed and, and, and he's gotten his body in shape and he looks good. You know, that's something to get excited about. So I do think there are some things here and there that give you hope that there'll be a transformation in certain areas. DJ Lundy has had a great camp at linebacker. That's an area of concern. You probably have a guy now who's come in as, as maybe your most consistent followed by Kalen Deloach, which might surprise people, but he's played very well is, is my understanding. The coaches certainly think so. Travis J is finally healthy, making plays at corner. Um, you know, he's played, he's played really well since that, that move and, and, now that he's, you know, as, as Fuller pointed out, at practice every day, that, that's helpful. So there's there's some stuff that I think we could take away at this juncture with still a couple weeks to go that give me cause to believe we're not going to be a sieve on defense. We're going to have a chance to flip field position. 
there's going to be some consistency that we haven't seen the last couple of years, and that could change your fortune quickly. Yeah, it can, and, and this is something I, I pointed out consistently, but this group has, has performed and gotten better with consistency. You look at spring camp and what they were able to do, what they were not able to do. Usually that's a little bit more clunky because you've got early enrollees, and, and frankly, it's the offseason. And then you get into fall camp, and I'm looking at some of the same drills or the same principles, and I see improvement. This group, this coaching staff, this culture, it's moving forward. There is progress being made. There are answers being handed out. Uh, the defensive backfield, you mentioned a number of names there. When Coach Fuller spoke to me, I, I got a few minutes with him one-on-one -on -one before the rest of the beat came in for a, a video feature during the luncheon. He said, we've got to carve out roles now. That, that's the key. We've got to find some answers. Versatility is fine, but we've got to carve out some roles for these guys, and you're starting to get those answers. Travis J is a corner. They're playing him at corner. Before it was like, I don't know, defensive back. Could be here, could be there. Kevin Knowles, again, is another answer at corner. They liked him at nickel, but he could play outside. Obviously, we saw that in the spring game. He has the instinct to get downhill and make plays. Shaheem Brown's a safety. Akeem Dent, they moved to safety full-time, and Mike Norvell said a week ago that they really like that move. It makes a lot of sense for the team, and it makes a lot of sense for Akeem Dent. You're searching for answers in fall camp. They've gotten quite a few of those answers, even at the linebacking core. Amari Gaynor and Steven Dix Jr. were talked about a bunch leading up to fall camp, and now the talk is DJ Lundy's flying all over the place, uh, that Kalen Deloach is their more consistent player, and that's a trend from spring. Coach Fuller said that in spring, and it's, and it's bearing out again in fall camp. They're finding the answers. I don't know if these answers add up to seven wins. Probably not, but maybe. Maybe they will. But that's what you're searching for is clarity, and I think they're starting to get there as now they're transitioning from the dog days of camp where they practiced every single day last week. They have today off for classes, and you get into a mock game install this week for the full install uh, ahead of Sunday, September the 5th against Notre Dame. Well, and let's not leave out the fact that you got through and continue to knock on wood here. You got through this stretch of really difficult practices without, with nothing in the way of serious injuries, and that is always a tough you know, landmine to kind of uh, land, landmine field to try to navigate. They have figured it out uh, up to this point, and and in, in terms of figuring out depth charts and figuring out who's where and where you're going to place people, they've been able to do that without having to worry about new injuries and sliding people around. It's the better way of saying that, and and that's to me a big deal because this is a thin team. You're going to need a little injury luck. All you know, it's funny we usually apply great seasons and championship runs. And we, we always apply this factor that, oh, well, they got really fortunate when it came to injuries. You know, in 2013, when we won the national championship that season, you remember, we talked about that it, before the Auburn game. Uh, we were like, God, can you believe we came all of this way and every significant contributor on this team, every player that helped turn each segment into a dominant unit, was reliable week in and week out, really didn't have to deal with much in the way of injuries. I mean, there were minor setbacks here and there, right. but nothing lingering. Yeah. It was amazing. Brian Stork's concussion yeah. midseason was about the only thing, but we knew that if you got to seven or eight on the offensive line depth chart, we were in trouble. Like, we were in really big trouble when you're trying to win a national title because the, the margin is so thin for that. But the offensive line stayed healthy that year. That was, without a doubt, the thin, uh, the thin uh, position group of the entire team. This year, I think it's probably linebacker. Well, you linebacker can't and offensive line. I don't think they have a lot of depth at either position. I, I think they've got guys they would have to turn to that have gotten reps, but I don't know how quality those players are going to be sure. if put into a pinch. But I would say, given what we're trying to accomplish this year, not trying to win a national title, you're trying to go 500, the quest for 6-6 six and six or better, that's what this season's about. 
I think you might have seven or eight options at offensive line before you really drop off. Again, with that goal in mind. So in a sense, that championship team had one dude off the bench and you felt okay about. Mm -hmm. Other than that, O-line, big, big problems. This year, I think you have a little bit more. At linebacker, if Deloach gets hurt or Lundy gets hurt, I, I don't know, man. I don't know what you do. Maybe you do play extra defensive backs just to account for it because I, I don't know that you've got one or two other linebackers that y you really feel okay you know, it's a shame. with. You know what's a shame there is in th this is an area we're going to continue to have to monitor very, very closely because in recruiting I don't see a lot of answers right now at linebacker either. And it's a little two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you right now for Coach Marv. I, I, I would tell you that from a recruiting standpoint, like, where are the guys? Come on. Uh, here's the deal. Lundy, quality, check, going to play. They, they love him. He's had a good camp, big, strong guy. I trust him against the run. We'll see how he does against the pass. Deloach, trust him in coverage. Don't know if I trust him as much against the run. Then there's Amari Gaynor, who's a tweener, and they're trying to figure out where he fits best. He's got to be on the field. I mean, you don't have too many guys that look like him that are as athletic as he is and as strong as he is. He can make plays, but he is a classic tweener, so they're still trying to figure him out. There are three linebackers that we just named. From there, it gets a little depressing, and the reason it gets a little depressing is – at one point, we thought Stephen Dix was going to be a player. I think he's slow-footed. He looks the part getting off the bus, but he doesn't look like he makes enough plays and he doesn't recognize plays quick enough. Maybe he'll prove me wrong when the games start. Maybe he's a guy who will – he was asked to do a lot really early in his career. Uh, a little unfair, but that's the reality. I haven't seen enough from him yet to believe that he's going to transition smoothly to being an every-down linebacker and a guy that you can trust. I don't right. think he's there yet. Yeah, that's important too because it's still early in his career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you're worried about injuries this season, yeah. 2021. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, yeah. You run well, out of options real fast. Don't feel good there. Uh, whatever happened to Jaleel McRae? He fell off a cliff. Uh, apparently, can't play a lick. Uh, so you know, you you really do quickly run out of guys to name. So that is, you're you're right. It's a good point. I just those two areas are the areas of concern where you get excited, where you want to hang your hat and get really pumped up is that a lot of the other rooms have improved. Like, the quarterback room has improved. Is it elite? No. Is it better than it was a year ago? I think so. The defensive backs, is this a better group than it was a year ago? Probably, especially if they can get any kind of pressure whatsoever on the quarterback, and that's what Jermaine Johnson was brought in for, Keir Thomas. Thomas they have some guys that might be able to make it so that your secondary isn't hung out to dry, um, and they got guys that if you do get any pressure, I think can make plays. I actually think there are guys back there that will make plays. I think that's one of the strengths of the team. Uh, at running back, there's depth. Is it an elite running back room? No. Are there guys that are more than serviceable that can, can you know, if you get a rhythm going offensively running the football, are they more than serviceable? I think so, yes. Tight end is improved. Is it elite? Nope, not at all. Is it better? I think so. Jordan Wilson coming back is a big part of that. My man Jackson West, he'll do some things here and there. We'll see. Obviously, Cam's a, a receiver, not much of a blocker, but you got some guys there. Uh, if we go through position by position, there are – you are checking the boxes of improved, improved in most places. Can I note something real quick on Cam McDonald, though? Perimeter blocking when, you know, obviously this team, you've seen the offense last year and, and Mike Norvell's offense in general. There might be some bubble screens. You know, I don't think that's given away anything as to what we can and can't talk about in practice. But blocking on the perimeter is something that they put a premium on here. And I don't know that you can count on some of the newcomers. Like Malik McLean's got the body type to be a good blocker, but again, as a freshman going against maybe some upperclassmen on the other side, how consistent can you expect somebody to be when they're blocking for a teammate? Well, Cam McDonald's been out there in some in a few situations, as you might expect, given he's more of a receiving tight end. I've been impressed with what I've seen uh, with the perimeter blocking game. Again, 
we're trying to stack up little gains of four and five at a time to yeah. put ourselves in good down and distance leverage. If you have uh, an inside zone, zone read option, something along those lines with a flare to the outside, you got to be able to block it up on the perimeter for the other team to honor that. For a safety maybe to cheat over a step or two and maybe it opens up something in the seam. All these parts have to work together for us to be able to move the ball down the field and perimeter blocking is important there. I have been impressed with what I've seen from Cam McDonald in that regard. He's not hopeless there. Let me answer this question uh, because uh, Khalil Young has asked several in a row here and brought up Emmett Rice's name. Emmett Rice is not going to play against Notre Dame. So, what, and there's no official announcement on that That's yet. That's your but, opinion. Well, yes, yes. I think it's, a, it's an informed opinion. Yes, I think that's true. Uh, he's still battling to get back and to get healthy and to help this team down the line. Hey, I agree with your assessment that he is the most important of the linebackers, at least in terms of an understanding of the position, a read, react, diagnose play the game physically pre-snap lining yeah, up man. No, that's no. really important i love him and and i'm with you on this it's just that he's not ready to go so i don't believe he's ready to go i mean it, it, that's not a secret his name hasn't been mentioned once by any of the coaches at any point so we we, we know he's fighting to get back to 100 percent. we know he's fighting to be able to help this team at some point this year and it will be vital that he be able to do so i mean i i'm knocking on wood because i i first of all that's a good kid, man. You root for people. He's a Absolutely. hard worker. He's a good yeah. kid, and and he can play the game. A lot of guys shut it down last year. A lot of guys did he mentally, did not. and and some of it you can understand because of the way that you're in a bubble, but you're not really in a bubble. We don't have to relive that. But Emmett Rice didn't. You talk about pursuit, effort, details, mm -hmm. all those things. Is he good enough by Florida State standards from the championship seasons? No. But you're looking for culture builders, and you're looking for guys that can help with the little things. Emmett Rice is certainly one of those. And yeah, we root for him to come back, but you can't assume that he's going to be back right now. Here's what you got. Here's what you're working with is the following people that we mentioned at the outset. Yeah, and we've got plenty to touch on. I, I have not even really begun to scratch the surface of the topic of quarterback, which is, you know, we didn't touch that here just now. I know this. I know a lot of our listeners and a lot of people are tied into Florida State that are excited now that football starts this weekend and Florida State starts the following weekend and we're all getting pumped up about a return to another year. It's the reality. It's here. It's upon us, right? You can taste it now. You, you know it's, you, can, you can almost just reach out and touch it. We're all excited. And so we don't like to, to uh, kind of pivot towards another season away. But Travis Hunter over the weekend impressed some folks. Again, he had a, <laughs> just telling you, you know I don't spend a lot of time watching kids in high school. I let others do that. That's correct. Assess. Man. So you telling me that you, uh, <laughs> you might have called up GoDaddy.com and said, hey, I follow the kitties. Let, let's reload that let's sucker. Reload that let's sucker. reload it. It's a story a day on Travis Hunter. Ten Nobody bucks. else. We're not even talking about anybody else, even though I could probably go on and on and on about my man Marvin Jones Jr. But I, I, it just Travis Hunter. Woo. Let's talk about the guys that Woo. we know are going to be here. At Travis all, Hunter. all things being equal, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you get him, you have to play him both ways. Start the Heisman campaign. Let's go. Get that kid going both. He is a special player. It's the Jeff Cameron Show on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Going to be with you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Good Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. I know this upcoming weekend will be even better as we get the opportunity to watch college football, something we can all celebrate, something we can all agree on, something we're all excited about. Um, you know, it's finally here. It's finally upon us. And, you know, however uninspiring those early games might be, there's always the opportunity to make every game interesting. You guys know that. And Redemption Thursday returns this Thursday. That's right. Woo, that feels good to hear. Yeah, and we do it for charity and we do it for our soul. We do it to be able to mock gamble in, you know, ways that we can't because of FCC rules. So we do all that. And then there's the real stuff on the side where it is legal and all that good stuff. So I am prepping for uh, – at what point am I – I don't know. I'll have to ask our boss later today maybe when we get to promote the goodness that is this other thing that I'm doing as well. Um, Have they been released yet, these these, uh, items? Not that I'm aware of. All right. Maybe. I'm sure they will be before kickoff, though. Well, It'll yeah, yeah, you got time. You got time. You don't have to release them just yet. I mean, we don't play this weekend. Uh, I'm not involved in the Florida State Notre Dame. You know, the best thing he could have done was was bring you into the fold for a number of reasons. But you know, you're going to promote gambling, <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> there's a, a wild guess as to where this is all going. But uh, if there was anything that the shot sheet right, mm. where it's like, hey, we need you to hit these things and promote these items, you're like, oh. You don't even have to write that one. I'll yeah. talk about gambling anytime you need me to. Actually, and I've tried to explain this to people who don't like it or are put off by uh, sporting guys or gals, gals. Maybe they think it's sinful. Is that you can utilize uh, that information in your everyday life just to analyze games. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 have a good time watching the games. It doesn't have to be because you're you know exchanging potato chips. It could just be that you're. You're wanting to break down games and how matchups work. Yeah. And, and Vegas does a good job of that, period. I mean, that's that's where you get the preseason numbers that are out there to take a look at. Like, you know, Florida State's at five and a half. Uh, clearly, even if you remove the the sporting element of it and you just look at why that would be, well, I mean, if you're just assessing where Florida State's at, Vegas has no emotional ties whatsoever. They're telling you they think this might be a six or five win team. Kind of like the weather forecast, except, you know, I think a little bit more accurate. You know, you could wake up on a Saturday, take a look at the number, and say, ooh, they don't like our chances of winning today. So, as a Noel fan, if it's uh, 9.5, 14.5, 17.5, whatever it was for Clemson last year, 87.5, I don't know the way I like our chances today. What, was it Was it 87.5, Tom? Uh, Jeff, what's up? Jeff, Tom, woohoo! College football is back this weekend. Go to Noel, see you guys in two weeks. Yeah, it is, it, it is back. It is back this weekend, and it is there is a reason to be uh, obviously very, very excited about that, and I am. Appreciate that. Did we get a second one, or did you just double down? No, I doubled down. First one of the week. Okay. That's a special distinction. First one of the week. gets a double woo. Uh, gorgle gore. <laughs> Gunga galunga. Doesn't take world-class talent to be more disciplined and play harder than the other team. Echo of the whistle in all caps. Uh, play hard, yeah, I think they'll play hard. I think they're bought into that. I don't think there's going to be a, a mix and match of players that are bought in and not bought in. What you worry about, and I, I have talked about this some, um, Florida State, I don't know what the total number will be at the end of the day, 
but it's fairly sizable, is going to be reliant to varying degrees with each segment group, uh, reliant on kids that were not recruited by this staff, reliant on kids that were brought in later on as a need to fill holes and, and a need to upgrade and raise the floor. So that's true at quarterback. Uh, McKenzie Milton coming over, for that matter. Jordan Travis wasn't originally recruited by this group. Uh, Corbin, uh, Williams, uh, these are guys that are in your running back room that Jordan were not. Jordan Wilson, Parchment, Gibbons. Oh, well, I was going to go through each. Sorry. We can keep going. Uh, but, yeah, go on down the list of guys that they've had to bring in and, and hope like hell that you know they, they can add something to this team, raise the floor. Uh, DLT, and, and you mentioned it, obviously, hey, that's Dylan our guy. Gibbons. Yeah, that's our guy. By the way, his show tonight, 6 o'clock. Looking forward to it. Trench Talk, baby. War Chant TV. Tune in. Let's hear him answer questions from the fans. Uh, Jordan Wilson, transfer. Uh, you know, these are all guys, and you can do this, Garrett Thompson, or Thomas. I always want to say Thompson. Jermaine Johnson. Uh, you know, again, Miko Dotson comes in. There's been more and more guys uh, that, you know, we can go to that secondary we've talked about before. That doesn't mean that they won't come in and do exactly as you expect them to do. Raise the floor. Make your team better. But it does mean that these guys didn't come in on their visits together, bond, get to know one another, hang out, go through the hell of camp and build upon that and then have a season together, build upon that, the good and the bad and the ugly, go through yet another camp, build on that, and then, you know... So, especially guys that are only going to be here for a year, maybe two at the most, if you begin to struggle in any way, you sometimes worry. That is the downside of the transfer portal. That is the downside of trying to build through transfers. You can do it. It can be a wonderful aid. We've spoke about this. You can transition from being uh, a team that's a three- or four-win team into a six- or seven-win team. In some cases, if that position is quarterback and they're healthy – and they impact you the way that uh, De'Ara King did down in Miami, for example, then obviously you can see a quick turnaround and you have a chance to, to maybe really raise the floor and really turn around your win total. But by and large, when things don't go well and you have a team that hasn't come up together and wasn't recruited together, you worry about a checkout factor. Now, we don't need to get into the weeds with that because – Look, I, I've seen nothing but kids working really hard together this offseason, and I've seen nothing but kids buy in. I think they ran off the guys that weren't going to buy in. I think they recognized uh, we don't really have time to waste here. Let's get kids that want to play for us and that understand what our mission statement is and how we're going to arrive at that place. And even the kids that came in have all said the right thing and they've all worked hard. So there's no reason to believe that there's any sort of disjointed uh, or, or lack of um, – Congruence, but I, I think for on the whole, this is a group that uh, is bought in. But I, if 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 you go out and you lose and you don't play well against Notre Dame, and then a couple weeks later you don't play well and you lose to Wake, you just wonder how long that group sticks together. Let, let's hope we don't have to worry about that. We don't have to worry about that. At least not today, not yet. We'll get to that part if we uh, if we somehow go up to Snuggy Hill and we don't take that hill. But we're going to take the damn hill in week three. I feel good about it. This is something that we talked about today. Uh, a roundtable video that I don't know that it's live just yet. It might be a little bit later, uh, but it was you. Let's get on that. Ira. Let's get on that roundtable. Let's go, Aslan. <laughs> oh, <don't> do <laughs> <laughs> if anybody understands workflow and production times, it's me. Aslan, I will never dog you like that. Come on, Aslan. Yeah, nope. Let's get nope, on that nope, roundtable, nope, baby. Not this guy. What are we doing? Him. Yeah, he's over there. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, um, I would say, though... I'm desperately searching for this roundtable! So, as Ira, Corey, you, Aslan, and I were talking, yeah. the thing I brought up was, I think this team's going to be more predictable week to week because there's going to be consistency. The floor has been raised. You've got guys buying into details, basic principles of defense, like staying at home. Like, that's, that's important. Setting the edge, mm-hmm. keeping in your lanes, mm-hmm. things that we have not done in some time on defense, things on offense, like blocking on the perimeter... All these little things add up to maybe a win or two more than you would have gotten if you didn't play detail sound and you didn't play with consistency. The thing I've seen from spring practice to now is they're getting better. I know that doesn't satiate somebody who says, well, how many wins does that mean? I don't know, but I do know that they're better now than they were in spring, and we had coaching staffs, plural, the end of Jimbo's time and Willie's time, two different coaching staffs that were horrible in this particular area. We did not get better. We were inconsistent as hell week to week. I think you can hang your hat on. We're going to be fairly consistent game in and game out. That's a positive. Is it a baby step? Hell yeah. But we needed to take that baby step. All right. I need to do two of these. Uh, First of all, I've got to answer Jacob's question. What have you heard about Travis J from what they said about him last night when asked, didn't seem like he was really where they want him to be. No, I, I think so. I think they're hard on Travis J because the expectations are through the roof. He is one of the best athletes on the team. He's a physical menace. He can play a lot of different spots. I think they finally settled in on him as a corner. I think he's going to play very well. We'll see. He needs more reps, more time there, but I think he's going to play very, very well. I wouldn't worry about Travis J. He's one of the guys that I've circled that has a chance uh, to be a difference maker on this defense. I really believe that he's healthy. He has not been healthy the entire time he's been here. He is now healthy. He's been available. That matters big time. My man Raffles, you know I love you too. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy Joe Bob here from Panama City. Used to call 20 years ago. Yes, you did. I remember it many, many moons ago as you called from Los Angeles and would make me smile. Uh, All right, so that said, uh, (laughs) I think they are better. I think Tom's right. The biggest question between now and that first game is how much better. And we're not going to know. We wish we could speed it up and figure it all out and quantify just how much better than they are than they were a year ago. Bottom line is you won't know until they start playing the games. There is a good question about why the lines move so much. I'll get to it in due time. First, let me say this. It is the summer of more life at uh, Orange Theory Fitness, where I'm a member, where you too could be a member and save a lot of money right now if you join. First month is always free with the purchase of a heart rate monitor. Also, should mention to you that... um, If you refer a friend or upgrade in August and September and receive discounted membership prices uh, over the next three months, that's what you'll do if you're an active member and you bring somebody else in. would also tell you that if you are a premier member and you do the same, $50 off over the next three months or for three months if you do it now or in September. It's the summer of more life. Go check out my friends at orangetheoryfitness.com. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. You know, I have to admit it's pretty fun when you uh, go to the sites to answer a question. And the first thing you see is uh, the new lines up for the week. I, I, I was being asked here in our comments section about um, the lines and whether or not they've switched or anything like that. And they, and they haven't. Um, they, they, they haven't switched much. What is it, eight and a half is what I'm seeing? Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it as low as seven and a half, but I don't think it's currently there where I where I shop. Put it that way. <laughs> There's a lot of grocery stores for these particular things. I'll tell you what, man. Yeah, always shop for the best line, gang. But I I saw where uh, Daryl was asking 
uh, how it was that it's the line had moved this much, and I don't really think it's moved that much. If we get under seven, then I then you've got to jump on Notre Dame, everybody. That's an aside. Uh, <laughs> we were ten and a half point underdogs. What did what did they see to bring it down to five and a half to seven and a half? Said uh, Daryl. I don't. I don't. If you've got five and a half anywhere, jump on it now. That is a remarkable line. My God. I will say yeah. this. That's I, I, a Tarico reference. My God. I will say this. There is, uh, if you if you follow the Notre Dame contingent, if you're looking out, you know, one of the things that's fun to do, we all do this, obviously if you're a member of Warchant.com, you're on the boards, you're commenting, 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 you can do it, Jeff, commenting on uh, whatever threads you like and everybody's arguing about who's good and who's bad and what's going to happen and all that good stuff but that's also fun to do from afar to look in on everybody else's discussion or talking points and the only reason i do it is to you know try to gather more information on players on personnel because sometimes you'll get a story where so and so mispracticed the same way people are looking to see whether or not our quarterbacks practice people are looking at these other teams as well to find out if you're you know starting defensive tackle or starting outside linebacker corner are going to play or not and usually that launches into a number of talking points and you can start to get a sense of is there an overriding sense of optimism are people pessimistic are they nervous about a certain segment group are they worried that there's an Achilles heel and you're always searching for that and when you look at the Notre Dame contingent and those that cover that team on a daily basis, much the way that we do for War Chant, I don't think they feel like this team is nearly as good as the team that played a year ago. They're very concerned that they're taking a step back. Vegas thinks they're taking a step back, too. I think if you look at the numbers throughout the year, they do look like a team taking a step back. But why wouldn't they? That was a loaded offensive line at Notre Dame a year ago and one of the best, if not the best, in the conference a year ago. So... You lose four of those five starters, you're going to regress a little bit. Now, it's all relative because they've recruited the position exceptionally well. They're very well coached. They've had a depth of talent at that position. They've tended to reload going all the way back to Quentin Nelson, who, if you remember at the time, I said was the best offensive lineman in the country, and he's been nothing but since joining the NFL. They've just churned out guy after guy. It's really quite amazing, and that's what we're hoping to get to. If Coach Atkins can get that done, that would be huge. Obviously, they've already got six yeses here at Florida State, looking to maybe get seven or eight. I don't think they'll take eight, but nonetheless, they're looking to really throw numbers at the problem. Now, I think he's a great coach. I really do. I think he's a great teacher and a great motivator, and I think if you can get the right guys in here, he can mold them. If you get the right clay, right, you can turn that into a beautiful piece of pottery. So hopefully, we'll see that with him. Now, in the interim, we're building to that place. I'm going to guess that Notre Dame's offensive line performs well above average uh, when compared to the rest of the ACC this year, even with those supplanted starters. So they're, they're looking at it through the eyes of we were dominant, we're going to take a step back. It's all relative. You try to gauge that. They are changing a, a quarterback. I never thought Ian Book was an elite quarterback. People talked about Ian Book like he was a star. He's an okay quarterback. But I think he's better than Jack Cohn. And, you know, they bring him in from Wisconsin. That's a check down Charlie. That's a guy that's not going to win games with his arm. Now, he may manage games. If they can get the running game going, he may keep you out of mistakes. But he's not going to beat you by hitting every quadrant of the field and forcing you to defend all passes. He's a guy that hopefully, for the, if you're looking at it through Notre Dame's eyes, will protect the football, hand the ball off, get you in second and play action, and you give yourself a chance. And he'll make those throws. He'll make those plays. Uh, but, again, he's not an elite quarterback. So, again, if you look at it through Notre Dame's eyes, 
They're taking a step back at quarterback, step back on the offensive line. They lose some key members at receiver and other. You would think that's why they're nervous, but it's relative. Is that meaning that they go from a 10-win team to an 8-win team? I think that's the answer. I think that's what they are. I think they're an 8-win team. Are we that much better as they take that step back, factoring in it's the first game of the season and emotions are running high and there are a lot of wide-eyed kids out there on both sides of the ball, you get a little early momentum, maybe you create a turnover, you get that crowd into it, you begin to believe, guys begin to play with a little bit of confidence that they haven't had in the last several years, all of a sudden you're playing over your head, they begin to doubt after all that transition. Yeah, something like that could come together and you have yourself a moment. And all of a sudden, the season for the first time in a long time gets off to a great start. We're desperate to see it. We all want it to happen. That's a lot to factor in. And when you're gauging you know, whether or not I'm surefire betting that's going to happen or not, that probably depends on the color of uniforms you're rooting for, right? I mean, I think Notre Dame is doubtful that their guys are going to mature quick enough to make this something of a blowout. And I doubt Florida State fans uh, see this as a surefire win, although we all want those things to happen. It's more of a, okay, I don't know quite where we're at just yet. Okay, maybe, maybe. I see scenarios by which it could happen, but you're asking for an awful lot given what Florida State's been. And there's a reason that they're home underdogs at night. You know, this is a place where that would never happen if Florida State was anywhere close to operating at peak efficiency, anywhere in the same region of operating uh, at peak efficiency. You don't come into Doe Campbell on a, well, what would normally be a Saturday night, but on a Sunday night, uh, electric atmosphere, people ready to get the season started right and expect that this won't be a close game. Typically, you would expect if you were a visiting team, man, that's a huge mountain to overcome. That's a huge hill to climb. But here Vegas is uh, having us, as you know, in some cases in the offseason as double-digit underdogs. That tells you how far they think we have to go. Okay, so this is a, a question we usually ask each other, but I'll ask it a different way. Florida State scores the upset. Let's just suppose that. It's a big supposition, but let's suppose that Florida State does get the win. That Monday show on Labor Day is going to whoop ass. It's going to be fun. Yeah. How did they yeah. get it done? What does the scoreboard read? Is it low scoring or high scoring? The way they get it done, and we just had, actually, that was really good timing. Gator Kirk, well done on you. Uh, if we stop the run, we keep the game close. He ain't going to beat us with the arm against this secondary. I think you got a chance to suddenly be in that game in the fourth quarter. And if that's the case, if you're stopping the run, Okay, so oddly, this is the thing that Cone likes to do, which is throw the fly. So we're going to know really quickly about our answers at Perimeter Corner. If it's Travis J, and you're saying, is this experiment going to work? I think you're going to get a couple of chances early. If he is indeed a starter, we'll see. They're shuffling a lot of bodies. That's not double talk or, or uh, cloak and dagger talk because we can't discuss what we see in practice on the two deep. There's a lot of bodies at all these positions in the defensive backfield. So I don't really know who's going to be out there for the most snaps. But if Cone sees that somebody's in singles, he will throw it outside the numbers. He's well, I hope I hope they find Travis Jay in singles and he throws the ball out there because that's the recipe for us to make a big play. I think it is too, but the point being, just play the game of chess. We're going to stack the box to try and stop the run. They're going to try and dictate terms with their new offensive line, Kane Madden in tow with and, you know, three other new starters. And there's the game, first and ten, is it second and six or second and eight, that kind of thing. But what does that also open up? Outside throws, deep throws to the perimeter. So can we defend that? Because if we can, and we've gotten better in that regard, Asante Samuel was really good at it, but think about it. He's an exception to the rule of the last four or five seasons, which is throw it up. Go <laughs> When we get in trail, we don't know how to turn around and find the football. We'll just grab your jersey. So if we've gotten better at that, then you might see some more obvious third-down situations. I think it's going to be a very interesting cat-and-mouse game that's all built on 
we stack the box, can we stop the run? I think that's correct. So my guess would be it's a low-scoring game if we win it, not a high-scoring game. Yeah, and that's also something that has changed, meaning low-scoring games in modern football where the rules are designed to benefit the offense, overwhelmingly so. A good day at the office really depends on how many possessions, how many plays you're defending. But if you're playing a tempo offense, and Notre Dame's not exactly that, but if you are and you're playing 80-plus plays against somebody, holding them to 24 points is, is a pretty big deal. You, you know, you can win that game. So gone are the days of thinking when you say it's going to be a low-scoring game that we're going to win 17-14. That, that's no longer really realistic. It happens sometimes, but it's really not realistic. I think when we say low-scoring, I think we're actually talking about 24-21. I think we're talking about maybe 27-24. That's relatively low scoring in the modern era of football with offenses having the advantage. I would think it would be something like that. And then that would bring, in, bring into question something we've talked about and that the coaches continue uh, to talk about, at least in terms of being somewhat ambiguous, right, which is the kickers are working and competing. But don't lose sight that that will be a big factor in a close game, obviously, if that's what we're talking about. But here we go. I'll get this in before we need to leave for the break. But John Papucha said last night they're pretty much ready to name the guy, whoever it is. So somebody's done something to warrant being named our kicker. He said it's up to coach. Hopefully in the next few days we can make that announcement. But it sounds like John Papucha at least is satisfied with what he's seen. Maybe one of those two guys has put us in a place where a 38-yarder doesn't feel like a I don't know, under 50% chance of I won't making be, I won't believe that. You won't. 38 yards. i got to see. First go drive stalls. Uprights. First drive stalls. We, we're stopped at the 20 or 21-yard line. They're coming out from 38. You don't feel good? Nope. Nope, not at all. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Like and subscribe, kiddos. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the icon of vacations. Icon of the seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. If you're not aware, should be. I think by now you should be. Uh, the War Chant Multimedia Network has you covered on your drive home. Grab our podcast every day before you hit the road and on your drive to work. You can subscribe to Wake Up War Chant as well, presented by DeLuna Coffee. Hear the latest from our War Chant teammates, Corey Clark and Aslan Hajavendi. That's uh, Wake Up War Chant wherever you get your podcast. And ours has moved over. So far, so good. We've gotten maybe a couple of people say, hey, Need a little bit of help here, but uh, we've changed our podcast provider in the last week. Headlines will be the same way as well, so hopefully that continues to be smooth because it looks good from where we're sitting. Melissa writes, I'm with Jeff. Nope, not until I see it last week's. Well, we can punt or sort of sometimes, so there's that. Norvell update didn't really boost my confidence. Oof. <laughs> I read that exactly as she intended it. Yeah. You sure did. Do we want to hear that? Is that like the recurring audio of camp? Do we really have to have the kicker audio be? The it was just. Audio? It was just. It was funny. I mean, when he when he did it, I cracked up. I thought, okay, well, there, there's that. That's a toughie. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, I tell you, I think Alex uh, starting off with the punters. I think Alex has had an exceptional camp. 
you know, just the, uh, the versatility of, of what he can do. Uh, you know, his pocket punting is, is uh, really outstanding. I mean, the, the way that he's been able to work and uh, in, in not only just the um, – the distance of the kicks, but the hang time he's been able to create, I think that, that can be a major weapon for us. Um, and then the kickers, they, they're competing. They're competing every day in what they're doing. Um, you know, I thought, Ryan, you had a couple big kicks there late. Um, you know, we're putting them in challenging situations every day, uh, trying to, to force that, that uh, uh, competition and who's going to respond in the moment. And, um, you know, I'm pleased with how that, how that you know, kicking battle is going as well. We want to make kicks, and uh, we are making uh, we're making more. You know, making a good number of them. You know, still still continuing to uh, to, to push that, but uh, yeah, they're doing a nice job. We'd like to make kicks. We want to make kicks. You know, unfortunately, Tom, I'm seeing something on the Twitter feed at Jay Cameron Show that the ACC network appearing on Comcast last night was apparently an operational error on the part of the distributor ESPN in inadvertently putting it on an overflow channel. Comcast and Disney continue to negotiate new contracts, which is expected to include the ACC network. So I didn't check it this morning. Boop, 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 boop. We thought it was all set, man. I watched it last yeah, night. It was I was NC watching State NC night. State night, indeed. I was watching um, a tour of their facilities, but more importantly, I was looking at the uh, depth chart and the you know they've got a solid offensive and defensive line. I mean, it, it is it is a value, obviously, that we are in the ACC to have the damn station here to check in on certain players and coaches and fan bases and facilities and all that good stuff. Uh, I'm not enamored with the hosts there, but it's unbecoming of me to comment on that. I'm just noting that um, eh, it's all right. I think it's fair game. It won't make news anyway. You're a football host. You know, they want to talk to lacrosse hosts. That's who the guests they want. The Big Ten Conference announced its COVID-19 forfeiture policy today, saying that conference games would not be rescheduled if they were unable to be played on their scheduled date. In a statement, they said, basically in collaboration communication with the Big Ten Conference athletic directors, uh, you're going to forfeit those games if you can't play and not rescheduling those. Hour number two, forthcoming. Stay with 